Hello and welcome to the Best Boys Podcast. I'm Best Boy Dan. And I'm Best Boy Justin. And I'm alive, barely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll get into it. Um, it's our summer anime 2022 wrap-up? Preview? Not Whatever. really a preview. I mean, the season's been what, out. What to watch, yeah, according to the best boys. So, obviously the best list. But, of course, first we're going to break into some banter. I'm going to tell you my harrowing story of survival. Uh, and then we'll hit you with the anime news before we bust out all the summary goodness. Yeah, let's get right into it. Up first, um, I got COVID. Yeah. <laughs> um well, I was in the Pacific Northwest visiting a friend, um, so that's the reason why this podcast is coming out a couple of days late. Um, yeah, I was trapped there for two weeks. Uh, I got to catch up on some of the summer anime while I was there, but we were helping out with a baby, so... Uh, I would like to see the baby. Oh, God, it was a cute baby. No um, such thing. Yes, uh, I also learned about a new animated series that I'm obsessed with. What's that? Bluey. Bluey. <laughs> it's like it's the it's the new kids show or like baby show. Oh yeah. Um, but it's like an Australian dog, like blue dog named oh. Bluey. Like it's, from Blue's Clues? It's sort of, but they have Australian accents, so it sounds like Taiko Waititi. <laughs> <laughs> um, but a kids cartoon. It's actually really adorable. Isn't Taiko Waititi from New Zealand? Yeah, same thing. Yeah. Don't tell them that. <laughs> they don't like that. <laughs> um, but uh, kind of to wrap up my banter section, a couple of things. One, Please, everyone, get vaccinated, wash your hands. If you're not feeling well, make sure you're wearing a mask, like, all that sort of stuff. Um, COVID's rough for people, and it doesn't hit everyone equally. So, you know, take care, because you might be feeling okay, but it, it can really mess up some other people. So um, just be careful out there, everybody. Yeah, no licking subway poles. Yeah, no licking subway poles. Um, that's how you get the monkey pox, too. Oh, God. Um... But yeah, so uh, to kind of wrap up my little uh, section too, I want to discuss um, watching anime on a plane, <laughs> which I guess is similar to watching it on a train, which is something I do pretty often. I guess, yeah. But the uh, same principle of uh, when I was flying out there, I had like free text messages, so I was texting Best Boy Justin and, and like just making sure which shows I could watch on the plane, because mm -hmm. this season is a little dicey from time to time. I mean, especially because we're watching, we're watching a lot more shows on High Dive now. Yeah. Well, sort of, because like Crunchyroll is yeah, also had, had some questionable content on there. Yeah. But it, anime is also really frustrating, too, because like... I, what was I watching? I think I was watching um, Licorice Recoil, which is not etchy at all. No, not really. But, like, just in the course of anime, like, they're showing something, you know, like, innocuous in the world of anime. But, like, if somebody's walking by, you know, your thing or, like, looking behind your seat at what you're watching and mm. all of a sudden they see, like, a bunch of, like, teenage girls and, like a bath together you're like i uh, i swear it's not weird mm -hmm. this is this is normal they're just friends it's not a they, sex thing they it's a different bathing culture there i swear <laughs> so um yeah i i got in i did okay it's not as bad as the time that i watched um 
Game of Thrones on the plane and quickly realized that was not okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't know. Game of Thrones... Yeah, I guess Game of Thrones is kind of bad sometimes, huh? Yeah. I had to think about Especially it. Especially early seasons. Yeah, the early seasons. <laughs> well, alright. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed uh, your little experience uh, watching anime on the plane. Yeah, I, on the way back, I, I watched a ton of stuff. It was... It was actually fun. I, I, I got I kinda saved some of the better things for the ride back, which was nice. Nice. Weebs in the sky. Mm-hmm. Alright, so what I kinda wanted I had two things that I wanted to chat about. The first one doesn't really have anything to do with anime, but but you know, whatever. Um and it's stop being cringe. Everybody. Just stop it. What? I've been <laughs> this is it's okay, this specifically relate I I've spent a lot of time on Instagram because of reasons. Um, mostly watching reels, like the little Instagram short videos, and I found, I saw this trend that's super annoying and really cringe, and it's where these pe- people will post this these videos of, and it has the sound bite from the Obi Wan Kenobi film or uh, miniseries, where he it's like Darth Vader going, um, or it's, uh, it's Obi Wan goes, what have you become? And then it's like the they show videos of when they used to be fat. And then they're like, I am what you made me. And then it shows, like, pictures of them, like, all jacked and stuff. And I'm like, that's, like, you do realize it's a bad thing, right? Like, that's not, that wasn't supposed to be a positive (laughs) message in the show. Like, stop. I mean, listen, I'm all for people being healthy and, you know, celebrating that online. But I think you bring up a point of, like context is key (laughs) yeah and also like it it follows along like this kind of trend of these like i used to be fat and now i'm not videos where they like the other one that they use is um oh shoot what was the what's the name of it 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 is basically like um that meme where like the girl breaks up with you and then you he gets super jacked it's yeah it's bringing like kind of this toxicity to something that that could just be totally yeah yeah like it's like it's cringe it's toxic just don't just like that's my message i'm using my platform to say stop being yeah no (laughs) i mean that's that's fair and it i feel like that extends to like a lot of things where you know there's kind of these celebrations of these like cringy things um and it's you know uh, context is key people yeah absolutely um but anyway moving on from there i thought we should talk about comey more um i'm still behind on season two. Oh, you're missing out dude i mean i've read the manga so yeah (laughs) um no i i thought we should talk about comey more and that's because like they executed so perfectly that I feel like we take it for granted a lot. Um, I feel like when the first half of season one came out, like we were, especially here on the podcast, like we couldn't stop talking about it. Yeah. And I feel like the same hasn't been true for season two, especially because I just haven't watched it. Yeah. And I think that's a mistake on your part. It definitely is. It definitely Um, is. But you are 100% right. Like that show. You know, and we'll get into it, especially in this episode, where, like, there's a season two that came out this season that is unbelievably disappointing because they are doing the same thing they did in season one, and it's boring. And yeah. and Comey, to an extent, is. Like, the quality hasn't dropped. It's still telling the same story, but it's doing it so well and consistently that, like, you know, there it's... 
it almost falls by the wayside because it's so good that like you kind of like are like oh yeah i accept this is the best thing around yeah that's why i wanted to talk about it because like you know it it, uh, as having you know having watched the second half of the season um it continues the same trajectory from the first part um where it's just really well executed the animation is pretty good um you know the storyline is great the music is amazing um and the, it's the adaptation of the jokes i think is also really impressive yeah that's show. really good um and it, it really sticks the landing too with the with the last episode of part two um i thought it was really well done and i just thought like you know everyone it, 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 we got so used to it being so good that um no one's been really talking about it lately but i think it's it's definitely worth talking about the fact that they managed to pull off you know an adaptation of a beloved title um, really, really well, you know, and I think they deserve some applause for that. I agree. But yeah. I want to talk about a whole different sort of adaptation, so let's get into it. Absolutely, because it's time to check in with Studio WEEB for some anime news! <laughs> Thanks, Carlos. <laughs> Carlos does not want to talk about anime news. That's right, Best Buds. We got some anime news for you, despite Best Boy Carlos not wanting to hear about it. Um, up first, uh, we're going to start out with uh, with a real bummer. Um, but on July 23rd, 2022, the artist of solo leveling Manwa, Mr. Jung Rock Jeng, has passed away due to health issues. As his family wished, a small funeral was held at his mother's residence, attended by his family and close friends. Mr. Drang has been struggling with a health condition for a long time, and he passed away from cerebral hemorrhaging stemming from his condition. So yeah, so that is the loss of a real one. Um, I have my complaints about how solo leveling ended, but you are misguided if you think that it was not a game-changing manhwa. Um, It, in a lot of ways, brought manhwa, like to the cultural forefront. It's getting uh, an anime adaptation later on. Um, I definitely think that, you know, his work and his contributions are are gonna live for a very long time. Um, so really sad to see him go, especially, you know, they just had announced, uh, you know, kind of a continuation of solo leveling. So we won't get that. Um, but, you know, our wishes go out to his close friends and family. Yep. Um, so on a little bit different note, uh, the official Twitter account for Katakawa's global comic label announced on Wednesday that writer Kazami Sawatari and artist Moto Sumida are creating a manga spinoff of Quantic Dreams Detroit Become Human game, which I'm friggin' psyched about because I love Detroit Become Human. Um, the spin-off manga launched on Katakawa's Comic Bridge online maga- uh, manga magazine on Friday, and the manga is titled Detroit Become Human, Tokyo Stories, which is a little bit of a clunky name. I mean, yeah. It's got, uh, it's got, it's got a, a hyphen, it's got a, a colon. It's got two cities. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's, <laughs> it's Detroit, Detroit Become Tokyo Human, Stories. Tokyo, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. They should have workshopped that. Um, it, I mean... 
it's also weird because the game, like, Detroit is kind of an integral part to the game. They should have just called it Tokyo Become Human. Tokyo, actually, kind of, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, the manga is set in Tokyo, and it centers around an android idol named Reina. Uh, she must deal with humans who perceive her and other androids as stealing their jobs. They took our jobs! They took our jobs! They took our jobs! Yeah, and so, here's the, like, uh, description of the original game. Detroit Become Human is set in Detroit City in the year 2038, after the city has been revitalized by the invention and introductions of androids into everyday life. But when androids start behaving as if they're alive, events begin to spin out of control. This game is super dope. It features like a bunch of like quick time actions, but it's like a very like you pick your path. Like characters can die and you cannot see their stories play out. Interesting. Um, but there's like a ton of different endings and it's a really well thought out world. So I'm very excited to see what comes from it. Excellent. Um, this is, like, a world where, like, essentially the reason it takes place in Detroit is they've converted all the old auto factories into android manufacturing plants. Oh, no. And the androids are, are basically, like, you can't tell the difference between them and humans mm -hmm. because when you really think about, Unless like, you're Harrison Ford. Yeah. When you really think about, like, robots, it makes the most sense to have humanoid ones because we've designed our living spaces and workspaces to accommodate human forms right right like shelves are you know heights for humans like doors are built to be opened by human hands like all that sort of stuff so having an android robot makes a ton of sense and then the thing about the technology is it becomes so cheap to manufacture them it's like a couple thousand bucks for like a decent android yeah so like everyone has them but like you know when you have AI writing songs and doing art and, you know, all the things, like, absolutely people's jobs are going to go away. So this kind of reminds me of um, a little bit like, uh, uh, what's, oh, God, the two singers on Mars. Uh, Carolyn Tuesday. Kind of Carolyn Tuesday, right? Where they talk about, like, the AIs, like, writing the songs and all that. So yeah. I, there's a, a real goldmine of content here. I'm I'm really excited about this. I'm going to check it out. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, and then to wrap up my section of the news, um, I thought this was pretty big. The staff of Knights of the Zodiac, the live-action film of... Masami Kurumada's uh, Saint Seiya manga revealed at Comic-Con International on Saturday that the film will open in 2023. The film's tagline is Pegasus will rise. Uh, Variety also posted an interview with Toei animation producer Yoshi Ikizawa on Saturday who told the site uh, Toei Animation is looking at six movies as a package for the live action franchise. He added Toei Animation has already started the conversation to make sequels. That's ambitious. It is. And so here's the thing. It's Sony Films. Um, but here's who's going to be in it. The film stars Makin Yu of Pacific Rim Uprising and the live-action Chihayafuru, film, Chihayafuru films, um, which I also really want to watch. Uh, it has Madison Eastman from Jumanji sequels. I know what you did last summer. Television series, which I didn't know was a thing. Me neither. Uh, Sean Bean of Game of Thrones, Lord of the Ring. Uh, famous, famous dead guy. Uh, James Bond, like <laughs> all the things. 
Um, Femke Jansen from X-Men, who I have not seen since X-Men. Um, Nick Stahl from Fear of the Walking Dead. Diego Tinoco of On My Black. And uh, Mark DeCoscos of John Wick Parabellum. So this is not just like, you know, a little Japanese like film. This is, you know, it's got Sean Bean in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that said, it is going to be directed by Polish animator and special effects creator, uh, Tomas Baginski, um, from the Academy Award nominated short animation, Katedra and The Witcher. Um, Andy Chang of Shang-Chi, uh, is going to be the stunt coordinator and fight choreographer decent fights in Shang-Chi, so that's pretty good. I'm a little iffy on the director just because they don't seem to have a ton of experience, and and this is a big story. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the latest writers on it, which doesn't mean the original writers on it, which also gives me a little bit of pause, is Josh Campbell and Matt Stukin of 10 Cloverfield Lane, which, in fairness, was a good movie. I didn't watch that one. I really enjoyed it. It's uh, John Goodman is, like, super creepy in it. I mean, you could have just ended that at John Goodman is super creepy. <laughs> no, John, John Goodman is a national treasure. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> um, anyway, for those who don't know, this is a little, like, encapsulation of the film story. What is labeled as an origin story... Uh, McAnume is starring as Seiya, a street orphan and title hero of the franchise. When a mystical energy known as the Cosmo awakens in him, Seiya embarks on a journey to conquer the ancient Greek armor of Pegasus and choose his side in a preternatural battle for the fate of Sienna, a young girl who struggles to control her godly powers. Bean plays an actor named Almin, uh, plays a mentor named Almin Kiddo, who recruits Seiya into the Knight's Order, which he founded when he discovered the reincarnated goddess. Tonoko is a man hired to kill the vulnerable goddess. Um, sounds dope. Saint Seiya is like, you know, kind of Legends of the Galactic Hero, Dragon Ball Z, like late 80s um, kind of time period, but huge property. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see a big adaptation of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially after I just watched the One Piece trailer and it looks terrible. Yeah, it looks real bad. It's <laughs> real. Like, I was like, yo, this looks... Re-. I think it was the last episode well, we were Well, because we were looking at it. the set design. The set design great. looked really cool. And then whatever... I mean, I know it's not coming out to later in the year and there's still a lot of work to do, but like I mean, the let's first be honest, pass though. of VFX was bad. Let's be honest, though. Like, you know, if it's coming out, if it's coming out later this year, shooting is done. Like they're in they, post. N- no, they're they're done shooting like half the ep- or all of the episodes. They're doing the like reshoots right now. Mm. Um, but they've already finished like the first couple of episodes and are in post for that. Okay, that's that's troubling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, speaking of things that are also <laughs> troubling. Oh, Um, God. Oh, God. Square Enix has released the English version of its manga up service. Uh, But if you've been looking for a new legal way to read manga in English, like Goblin Slayer, Full Metal Alchemist, and Soul Eater, prepare to be disappointed, Best Buds. And uh, my dress up, darling. And my dress up, darling. We're going to get to that in a moment. We're going to get to that in a moment. Um,. The service's release has been plagued by issues. Most notable amongst them is its out of control censorship. Um, 
Now, censorship is not new to manga. It's not uncommon for some of the racier bits of a chapter to be creatively covered in some way. But what users of Manga Up are reporting is completely beyond the pale, with some chapters having every single instance of cleavage covered by massive black bars. Uh, almost every single chapter of My Dress Up Darling has something censored, with all of Marin's cosplay outfits censored to some degree or another. Um, users have been posting photos all over social media of the more ridiculous parts that have been censored. In one case, a fully dressed female character wearing jeans has her crotch censored for... I guess being too sexy. Okay, I've seen this picture and it makes it look so much worse. It makes it look like she's wearing crotchless jeans because they, they do a side by side of like the actual panel and then the panel in manga up. And the actual panel is just a girl wearing jeans. It's not like there's a camel toe no, or anything like lewd or anything. It's literally just normal pants. Exactly. A normal crotch wearing normal pants. But then when you put a black sensor bar over it, you're like, what the... F is she just walking around she got with a her... dick sticking with, out? Yeah, like, what's pants? going on What's going here? on? Um, and, but like, you know, as if that wasn't bad enough, censorship is not uh, Manga Up's only issue. <sighs> Users are also reporting that the service is absolutely riddled with microtransactions. Uh, Manga Up uses a combination of three different currencies three. to unlock chapters. And they don't make any goddamn sense. They don't sense. make any sense. Um, and what's worse, the uh, service took what worst single chapters when they were originally published and split them up into separate parts, each requiring a microtransaction to unlock. Mm -hmm. So, like, for example, if you had a manga that was, like, 40, 50-something pages, they broke it up into, like, 13-page chunks, and mm -hmm. they make you pay for each it one. Also, You know what the most bullshit part about that is? Is that those 13 pages include, like, splash pages and yeah. like so, you know title page like all that stuff so like if you're if you're buying the first chat like the first part of a chapter you know part of the part of what you're spending money on is like three four five pages of non-content you know what's also crazy about it is i saw someone did a side-by-side -side comparison so like technically it's like cheaper by like 44 cents than just buying a volume outright when you do all the conversions mm -hmm. But you only get to keep it for three days. Yeah, yeah, and that's the other part. You don't, you don't, ha you don't own the chapter. You just get the right to read it for a yeah, couple of days. Yeah, you rent it for three days for censorship. I yeah. would like to point out that the library is free. Not only is the library free, but then you also compare it to other services like Shonen Jump's online uh, reader app. Where I think it's what it's like. It's one ninety nine. It's a dollar ninety nine a month. You can read a hundred chapters a day. Yeah. Um, and then you have, uh, what's it, um... You can offline them for a week. Um, yeah, you have Manga Plus from Shueisha, which is currently totally free. Totally free. Um, although their selection isn't super huge, it's still free and uncensored, by the way. Um... Literally every other service is uncensored. Yeah. You have Bookwalker, and, which regularly has sales. And keep in mind, we're, we're saying uncensored. We're, we don't mean like, like, oh, we're, you know, we're looking at, like, like, Nips. you know, lewd shit. And it's uncensored. We mean uncensored as in, like, it just doesn't have black censor bars <laughs> yeah. over cleavage. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, but, you know, all told, it's been a pretty rough launch for Manga Up, and Square Enix's response doesn't seem to make it uh, look like things will get better soon. Uh, the company addressed the outrage over censorship with a statement reading, In consideration of each mobile platform's policy, some modifications were unavoidable to release the app to the whole world outside of Japan. This is not limited to only English-speaking countries. In the meantime, some of the content is available uncensored through other official streams, so please continue supporting the artists. Um, so basically, if you don't like it, you can fuck off. Yeah. It, it Honestly, it sounds to me like 
because this seems like some Chinese censorship kind of stuff. I would say it definitely, that's probably not, uh, that's, it's not a non-issue. I think also maybe big would, would be, um, you know, stuff in Russia. Because Russia has a lot of really intense censorship of anime and manga. Yeah. Um, I don't know how good Japan and Russia's communication is right now. (laughs) I mean, it's like, it's a design, it's an app for global release. I guess so, yeah. Uh, that's what they're well at least that's what they say i mean but the the issue is that it, it it's gone way too far you know like they're censoring characters <laughs> knees i mean okay there's there's so many things to break down and i we're gonna have to spend a minute on this because i can't not talk about this there's so many issues with this one just from a business standpoint right like you are breaking into an industry that is like specifically known for people pirating yeah right like manga readers have no problem pirating yeah and like also this didn't make our news list this week but there was also a huge lawsuit in japan over manga pirating that just happened yes so it's it's a thing that happens yeah so but to my point of like this is an industry where legal avenues have only really recently started opening up for ingesting the content so, like, people are used to finding stuff for free. If you want people to join it, because I pay for Shonen Jump, you know, plus I um, I purchase books on Bookwalker all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not opposed to paying for content. Like, I'll do it. I will only do it when it's easy and it's of a quality that I like, right? Yeah. As soon as it becomes, like, a pain in the ass, I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to go to, you know... It's my uh, dress up darling on, you know, shady manga app, yeah. you know, on my phone and be able to, you know, I might get spammed with like boner pill ads, but like, at least I'm going to get an uncensored complete version that I don't have to read in four parts. Yeah. I mean, like the fact that like, they're just, they're, they've, they've made it so difficult for you to read manga that like it, it it's inevitable and it sucks because it's bad for it's bad for the artists too because the artists aren't getting paid for that absolutely um, you know and and if they want their work to be to be read by a wider audience and and still get paid for it these services need to not drop the ball when it comes to this type of shit you also have to buy each section individually you can't bulk buy yeah no yeah it's 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 really it like if you're gonna make your if you're gonna make your thing full of microtransactions at least make it like user friendly and also be able to like oh you can't screenshot from it either that's not surprising a lot of apps are doing that now yeah um i learned that when i was trying to make a i was trying to screenshot an image from a show on crunchyroll on my phone and they were like no yeah so i was like fuck you i'll just do it on my computer bitch and that's what i did (laughs) i had to do the same thing not too recently um but yeah so you know it's square enix so i i wish i could say i'm surprised but i'm not yeah (laughs) like yeah they've been doing the same thing with other games too just filling them with microtransactions, their whole hog on the NFT thing. Well, so, like, this is... And, I, and we've talked about this before on the podcast. It goes back to a term from the cellular phone industry, which is RPU, which is revenue per unit. Yep. And the whole idea is... And it's the same thing, like, with cars. Like, uh, BMW is doing that, like, subscription heat seating. Yeah, like which they've, people have already found a way to hacking. Hack. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, like, the, the whole idea is that, like how much blood can you squeeze from this stone, right? Mm -hmm. Like, 
we're going to try and nickel and dime every penny out of a person. Yeah. And like at a certain point, like we're, people are just going to get sick of it and be like, screw it. I'm going to go to Bookwalker, buy the volume, own it. End of story. Yeah, and it's you know it, it's 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 interesting because most place most services will do it in an incremental way because that's the mm. way that works. They use the Netflix model where they increase the price a little bit each time, a little bit, a little bit, just yeah. to find where the line is. When Netflix is finding that they've found the line now mm-hmm. that they're trying to get like you know rid of the multiple password sharing and whatever, mm-hmm. and people are going no. So like the, that's the way you usually do it is you is you, you you keep towing the line until you find where it's too far. Yeah, and Square Enix that, is just like that is how economy works. <laughs> yeah, and Square Enix is just like no, we're just gonna go all the way. Whereas opposed to like you have Shonen Jump, Shonen Jump is a dollar ninety nine a month now. I guarantee you it won't be that price forever. Yeah. You know, go it's going to go up and five bucks eventually. people will pay it because yeah. it's not, you know, intolerable and they'll just, you know, keep doing it that way. Um, and if they're God. smart, they'll keep it a dollar ninety nine because yeah. I rarely use it and I just kind of forget about it because it's two bucks a month. Well, here's the thing. It has to go up because the way our economy is structured is so dumb. Uh, it's more important that line go up. <laughs> than it is that actually people will continue to use it long term. Yeah, a business is failing if they're not making more money yeah. than they did it, last it's year. It's not enough to it's not enough to keep making money. You always have to make you, more. If yeah, if well, it's really only for publicly traded companies, but essentially yeah. or companies with a board. Yeah. Um, but essentially, yeah, if you're not if if you are not making more money, even if you're profitable, you're failing. Yeah, exactly. It's and th- this is just an, an outgrowth of that culture. Uh, Shonen Jump maybe has seems to be like, publicly traded. Maybe seems like it's a bad idea to, to run a life like that. Um, <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, burn it all down. Yeah, burn it all down. Let's Build Gundams. <laughs> Embrace anarchy. Um, speaking of Gundams, I have, for you best buds, a raft of Gundam news. What? A Gundam? First up, Sunrise has confirmed that Mobile Suit Gundam The Witch from Mercury, the first new Gundam television anime series in seven years, has a simulcast planned for October outside Japan. The show will air on Sundays. We've got Gundam Sundays, best buds, and I'm super excited for it. Mm -hmm. Um, Additionally, a new trailer for the show has been released. The uh, plot of the synopsis is as follows. Um, Add Stella 122, an era when a multitude of corporations have entered space and built a huge economic system. Again, probably a mistake. Um, A lone girl from the remote planet Mercury transfers to the Astacasia School of Technology, run by the Benerit Group, which dominates the mobile suit industry. Her name is Suleta Mercury. With a scarlet light burning in her pure heart, this girl walks step by step through a new world. Um, Question. Answer. She lives on Mercury, and her name is Mercury. Yeah, maybe she's like royalty or something. <laughs> okay. I mean, listen, you know, I live in Brooklyn, and my name is Brooklyn. Best boy, Justin Brooklyn. Yes. <laughs> Actually, that's a dope name. It is. It's my stripper name. Um, but yeah, I, I watched the trailer. The trailer seems really good. You get It's not like a huge, like, you know... Um, episode trailer but you get to see some mobile suits the the designs look interesting um there are there are some mobile suits featured in the trailer that we haven't seen uh, images of yet speaking of which they just had um anime expo and they had like all of the new 
like model kits yeah. that have been announced like there. Yeah, I saw them. They look dumb. They do. Um, the ones from The Witch of Mercury look good too, actually. Yeah. Um, some of the ones that I was, you know, when I was looking at the images for, I was like, mm, maybe. And then the I saw the are cool. Yeah, and then I saw the the actual like prototype builds that they posted. It looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I'm I'm curious to see the direction for this one. I do think we're seeing another, this is another kind of... IBO. No, I think it's another kind of stab at actually reaching a younger audience. So, like, you have this, this. it seems to be taking place in a school. Right, right, um, right. An anime taking place in a I school? I know, crazy. Which is wild because Gundam is one of the few properties that is not well known for, like, using that trope. Most Gundam shows do not take place in a school. They so, usually take place with child soldiers on a warship. But <laughs> I mean... True. Though this one does seem as though it's going to have kind of like an anti-capitalistic message, kind of like um, IBO. I don't too. know, maybe. We'll see where it goes. Um, you know, I, I I haven't seen enough about the, the, the way the storyline is actually going to play out to say that. Um, I will say that it definitely is, you know, trying to... Trying to do like a kind of soft reset on the Gundam franchise, just because like Gundam has never taken place in a school before, really. Yeah. Um, and female protagonists. I guess you get kind of part of it taking place in a school in the beginning of uh, Seed, but Maybe, not really. Do you think this will actually mean that like they'll have a likable protagonist? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, the internet the internet being what it is, of course, people oh, are God. already upset that there's a female protagonist. Oh, God. But, um, you know, besides them, whose opinions we don't even care about, uh, yeah, maybe. I think that would be neat. Um, I thought we had a likable protagonist from Mikazuki. He's great. I mean... What's wrong with him? No, Mikazuki's okay. Mikazuki but, like, he, as, like, a character, though, is, like... He's just, like, deadpan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it's because he's been murdering people since he was, like, four. Yeah, it, but, it'll do but so have you, and you have a Yeah, I mean, have you have you met me? Um, but, yeah, so we're super excited for that. Um, next up, we have some Gundam news and maybe crime news. I don't know. Um, copy, is it copyright infringement? Best Boy Dan, why don't you go ahead and click that link, because I'm going to ask you about it in a second. Okay. Um Editor Best Boy Dan here. Did you miss me, scum? Anyway, spoilers, this segment does not get the hard-boiled Doshin sound drop. Don't like it? Who are you gonna complain to? I'm basically the god of this world. Now, back to the podcast. But from uh, Call of Duty's upcoming Battle Royale game, currently codenamed Project Aurora, um, has released an up uh, has released a new logo, and if you're a Gundam nerd, you might think that it looks a little familiar. Keen-eyed weebs around the world noted that the new logo looks almost exactly the same as Amado Ray's personal crest, which appears on the RX-93 new Gundam in Mobile Suit Gundam Char's Counterattack. Now there are a few minor differences, but it's really almost the exact same design. Uh, it's just, someone just pressed Command B. Yeah, <laughs> like Best Boy Dan is looking at it right now. It's the same thing. It's a different color. It's a little skinnier. It's the same it's... logo. Um, when I saw this on Twitter, I was like, "What the fuck?" Like this is. <laughs> I was like, "Did nobody, nobody at, at uh, Activision ever seen Gundam? Not a single person." And all of those nerds, you mean to tell me that everyone this made it through every layer and everyone was like, yeah, it looks fine. Um, 
But so far, neither Activision nor Bandai Namco has commented on the topic at this time. I'm sure they got a strongly worded email. <laughs> I'm sure there's some shit going on behind the scenes. Um, because this is... That's wild. I, it's, it's, it is the same thing. Here's the thing. I'm willing to believe that it's not necessarily plagiarism. I'm willing to believe that maybe the designer remembered seeing something kind of like this and just like thought, oh yeah, we, we could just do like a bunch of spiky, you know. So my, theoretically, they can get outside of it if they can show like that this was an original concept and was like, you know, someone like sketched it out and yeah. like had no connection to like Gundam or something. So like, uh, will this become like an actual like thing? No, I don't think it's not. it's not going to rise to the level of a no. Lawsuit. I don't even yeah. I don't even think it'll be a lawsuit. I'm sure you know the Gundam company is like hey, no yeah. And 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 at the same time, I'm pretty sure Call of Duty is like yes. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't I don't think they really care. But also like I, I don't think it's I think it's going to end up being a non-issue because. Um, Project Aurora, I think it's just a working title. I don't think it's actually going to be the, the end title for this game. So, like, this is, you know, it, as soon as they, they decide on an actual title, the logo is going to go away. Um, yeah. which is probably for the best because it avoids all sorts of, you know, yeah. arguments and questions. Um. Still funny. <laughs> but yeah, I saw this and I was like, oh man, I gotta talk about this. Yeah. You know, I gotta talk about the visual logo on my audio podcast. Yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> But yeah, we'll we'll include a link to it. Yeah, we'll have a link in the show notes. Um, but that about does it for the uh, anime news here today, best buds. Um, you know, let us know what you think. Are you gonna watch the? Uh, are you gonna watch Sean Bean die in another movie? Are you excited for Tokyo Become Human? You're welcome for that, guys. That's for free. Um, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at bestboys underscore pod. Send us an email at thebestboyspod at gmail .com. And listen, listen here, best buds. We hope you enjoy the show, we enjoy making it for you, and we would like to spread it to as many people as humanly possible. Um, tell your so friends. Tell your friends, and you know what What you can really do to help us out? Why don't you go leave us a review on uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, it really helps out with the algorithm. Uh, it only takes you about a minute, it doesn't cost you anything. And listen, I know you're out there, you're thinking, ah, you know, uh, they probably have tons of reviews, I don't need to do it. Listen, if you enjoy the show, please do it. Because look, we don't have a lot of reviews on iTunes at, uh, just yet. And the more we have, the more people we can reach. Mm -hmm. So, along those lines, I also wanted to throw something out there. If you, rev if you leave us a review of the podcast on iTunes, specifically only on iTunes, you have to do it there. Um, you can leave one anime, any anime you choose, no hentai, please. I will watch the first three episodes of it, and then I'll talk about it in my banter section. Um, and and it's hentai, I'll watch it. <laughs> it. Yeah, Dan will watch the hentai, I'll watch the regular. I'll watch the first three episodes, I'll talk about it in the banter section, I'll give you a little mini review. You know, we'll do this for the next month or two. I, I rescind that offer because <laughs> I just realized how horribly that could yeah, go. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> but uh, yeah, leave us leave, leave me like a little anime you want me to review and I'll talk about it in my banter section for the next, you know, month or two. Um, that seems fair. Yeah, so, you know, we would really appreciate you guys leaving us some reviews. We, you know, definitely appreciate you engaging with us on social media. And we'd love to hear from you via email. So, you know, reach out. Don't be a stranger. We would love to hear from you. But with that being said, it's time for us to move on to the meat and potatoes of this week's episode. 
The year was 2022. The season, summer. Yes, that's right, Best Buds. It's their <laughs> summer 2022 What to Watch guide. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff for you. We're going to go ahead and we're just going to jump right into it. We're going to start with some of the new shows that are Hell airing this season. Yeah. Um, Call of the Night. Yeah. Um, Call of the Night streaming Thursdays on High Dive from Leiden Films, who did Tokyo Avengers, Berserk, mm-hmm. Other Side Picnic, Bastard. Um, the synopsis of the show reads as follows. Uh, Ko Yamori seems like a typical middle school student on the surface, relatively good at studies and amiable with his classmates. He puts a lot of effort into maintaining this facade. One day, however, he decides to stop pretending and quit school, developing insomnia as a result of having no daytime outlet for his energy. When taking walks alone at night, he feels marginally better, though he is aware that his inability to sleep should be considered a serious problem. On one such walk, Ko meets a weird girl, Nazuna Nanakusa, who diagnoses the cause of his sleeplessness. Despite making changes in his life, he is still holding himself back from experiencing true freedom. She says that he won't be able to sleep unless he is satisfied with how he spends his waking hours. When it appears that she has resolved his current worries, Nazuna invites him back to her apartment to share her futon. Uh, after a while, unaware that he is only feigning unconsciousness, she leans over him and bites his neck. Um, we got another vampire story. Yes, and a very different one. Yes, very different. So I actually read the manga for this one, or at least I oh, started to. I didn't know that. Yeah, um, I read like the first like two or three chapters. It just didn't click for me. Um, but, you know, I'm really enjoying the show. The show is really good. I So... I could totally see that because the thing that I love about this show is the atmosphere. Yeah. The music, the drawing, especially the colors. Like, if this was a black and white manga, it would not hit the same. Yeah. And, you know, like, you know, talking about the colors. um, Oh, my God. They make night look so beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. Like, they, they kind of, they unlocked a core memory for me of, like, being in Japan out in the streets at night. Um, and it's just like really, really well done. The music is a, like amazing. I remember mm-hmm. I texted you after I watched the second episode. I was like, you need to watch this show yeah. because the soundtrack slaps. Like the OP, the, the ED, OST is the great. OST. The song that plays when they're flying. Spoiler alert: she can fly. Cause she's a vampire. <laughs> um, is just is absolutely great. Uh, the director Tomoyuki Itamura actually comes from uh, the Monogatari series, so oh. he's you know uh, he's got a lot of experience um, with these types of stories, um, and I think this one's done in a really unique way. I, I'm not gonna lie, I was a little uh, apprehensive about this one at first because I was like, okay, this is it's on high dive uh-huh. and it's about a middle schooler. And a vampire girl. Yes. Like, this can go wrong all sorts of ways. Yeah. Um, but so far, it's actually been really good. It's 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 really funny. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of get a lot... Uh, you, you, you learn a lot about the different characters' motivations and, like, the things that kind of make them tick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, I'm really enjoying it. I'm definitely going to keep watching it, and yeah. I'd recommend it. I would say, make no mistake, this is a love story. Yeah, it is a love story, and it is, um, you know, it's it's definitely an unconventional one. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if It's you're... also the... The whole junior high thing doesn't really play into it, at least Not at yet. all. Yeah, I mean, it, he does have a friend from school that, that comes into the story, but also that doesn't really have a whole lot to do with the middle school aspect of it. Yeah, so, because, well, I you know, I think the kind of pedophilia aspect of it is, you know, some concern. Yeah, of course. But the whole conceit of the show is that she's not really 
pursuing him other than food. Yeah. Um, and maybe some, like, entertainment of hanging out. Yeah. Um, he is trying to fall in love with her. Um, because which, he wants to become a vampire. Because he wants to become a vampire. But, like, you know, there's still elements of problematicness to it because it's anime and... It could always go somewhere problematic mm. <laughs> if I've learned anything in this journey I've been on in anime life. Um, but the way they handle it, I'm not super concerned about it. It seems just like a a beautiful story and kind of just an, an ode to the night. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, there's another show coming up on the radar for us in the future. Um, I forget the name. I think it's called uh, Insomniacs After Dark. Um, which is another love Ooh, story that takes place, after you know, dark. yeah, um, about insomniacs and like night scenes, and it's heavily involved in astronomy and stuff like that. So I think we're gonna get another taste of this type of uh, this type of show sometime soon. But uh, I really like this one. I if you're if you're into like the kind of um, really well done like landscapes and and stuff like that, you're really gonna like yeah, this. Show. This show is. Uh, computer background generator yeah absolutely i have my computer background <laughs> is currently from a scene from this show um so yeah definitely definitely recommend this one uh, it's worth worth watching on high dive yes that that show is uh high recommend now if you like love stories but hate yourself <laughs> <laughs> this next show might be for you <laughs> uh, go on <laughs> my stepmom's daughter is my ex um and before i even get into it yes you can take a lot from the title but i don't think it tells the whole story I don't anyway think so. this is coming at you from project number nine of higahiro and love after world uh, domination. Higahiro is a good example of how anime can go gloriously right. Yep. This one's Wednesdays on Crunchyroll, by the way. Uh, yes, that is true. Um, a certain boy and girl in middle school become lovers, flirted with each other, disagreed on trivial things, became more frequently irritated with each other rather than excited, and ended up breaking up after graduation. And so the two of them, uh, Mizuto Iruda and Yume Aya, drifted apart from Whoa. each other. <laughs> What? Uh, Mizuto Irido and Yume Ayai. That's, that's exactly what I said. <laughs> Drifted apart from each other as any couple might after breaking up. Uh, that is until they suddenly meet again unexpectedly after their parents decide to get married. The former couple, mindful of their parents' feelings, decided on a sibling role, which, oh god, <laughs> nothing good can come from anime that has a sibling role. <laughs> yeah. Um... Where the one who becomes conscious of the other's opposite sex loses. But when they encounter each other in the bathroom, com uh, commute to and from school together, along with the memories of past and living under the same roof, how can they disregard each other? It, this show is a cross between love is war and domestic girlfriend. Yeah. And... I don't know if that's an insult or a compliment. Well, here's the thing. I don't know if I hate the show yet. I've watched the first three episodes and kind of the... the Conceptually, um, I hate the show. Yeah, the, by, by its very concept. But also, like, <laughs> conceptually, I hated Higahiro, too. Yeah, Higahiro turned out great, though. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm like, <laughs> like, what if this turns out to be a show where these two people navigate how, you know, to go from being... having dated before to 
like kind of constructing a functional sibling relationship. Mm. Like, what if it's an an exploration of what that actually would look like? You know, <laughs> and what if it doesn't animate itself? Like, Higahiro didn't animate itself. So I'm willing to give it another three episodes. I suppose, though. It's one of those ones where it, it looks like they're trying to go the other It's way. on the verge of it at every moment. Um, <laughs> and I don't have the same faith as I do with, you know, Higgy Hero or Omaidens oh, in your Savage Season. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, as far as the as far as the show goes, it, it, it's, you know... It, so, it's not what I wanted. Yeah. I wanted it to be, tra- like, of course you did. fire, Don't trash, worry, domestic girlfriend. We've got trash for you later. We have... We, there's a fair bit of trash this season, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. But some good trash, some not good. No, definitely some good trash. Um, this one is... You know, I wanted another domestic girlfriend, right? Like, this is prime for the kind of salacious drama that that could produce. This seems to be leaning a more comedy yeah. romance route, mm-hmm. which is weird and not really what I wanted. But if that's what you're into, go for it. It's It, it will definitely be making memes this, this season. Absolutely. You're going to see this show again. Um, a show you might also see again. Um, Another because I'm good romance. At, I'm good at transitions. Um, when will Ayumu make his move? Uh, which is coming out on Fridays on yeah, High Dive. Um, I mean, spoiler alert. Um, but this one comes to us from Silverlink, who did Bofuri, not Bofuri's. Um, the Great Dahi will not be defeated, and the Misfit of Demon King Bofuri Academy. Bofuri nuts. Yeah, Bofuri's nuts, bitch. Um, anyway, uh, I'm gonna re- I'm gonna jump right into it because I got a lot to say about this one. Um, on a whim, first year Ayumu uh, Tanaka quits the kendo club to join the illegitimate shogi club. Uh, Urushi Yautome. Illegitimate. Like <laughs> it that, right? sounds way like you know more street thuggy than it is. <laughs> they they just don't have enough members. Um, Urushi Yautome, the president of the club and a master of shogi, is thrilled to finally have a playing partner. As Ayumu's upperclassman, Urushi endeavors to be his shogi mentor and student role model. Too often, however, she finds herself blushing with embarrassment. Stone-faced and honest, Ayumu sees no issue with calling Urushi cute. Uh, Although Ayumu likes her, he refrains from confessing and promises himself to beat her in a game of shogi first. Um, through school life and shogi games, the two students have many hilarious and heartwarming adventures. Ayumu enjoys every second with Urushi, but he is still a long way from beating her in shogi. With the commitment he made to himself, will Ayumu ever get the chance to confess his feelings to Urushi? Um, and I'm gonna be 100% upfront with you, Best Buds, because I read this manga, so I'm, you know, I'm up on the story. I'm in chapter 162 and it hasn't happened yet, so don't wait for it to happen this season. Um... There, there is a side romance plot that does materialize that is actually rather good. Um, but, you know, if you're one of those who gets super annoyed because the main romance plot doesn't get any um, any progress, you're going to want to skip this one. It's yep. going gonna, gonna to do your head in. But if you want just like a kind of a slice of life and that is also has like a little bit of romance and mm-hmm. is just kind of cute and fun, um, this is going to be one for you. It's really good. The characters are really funny. Uh, I really like, you know, the main characters are fine, but for me, the side characters are what pull this show together. Um, like the the two who, who I don't know if you made it this far in the show yet. No, I've really only met the main characters at this point. The two who work in the library are my favorites. They're super cool. Um, their their dynamic is really good. Um, and I also just think, you know, it's a it's it's kind of a different approach. If you were looking for like a March comes in like a lion type of shogi anime, you're not gonna get it here. I mean, this show reminds me of 
love is war mixed with March comes in like a lion, yeah, except not of. at all. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, like, it's like kind of yes. The and only kind thing of it gets from March not. comes in like a lion is shogi and literally nothing else. Yeah, um, this one is really more wholesome and fluffy. It's really good. Um, I like it. It's right up my alley. But like, I do recognize that there is a, definitely a certain you know subsect of anime viewer that will not like this show. You know, and if you if you need progress on the romance plot, if you need you know, kind of like a, 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 a more straightforward type of romance uh, rom-com, this is probably not for you. I think this is going to come off to the general population a lot like, um, what's it called, did uh, last season, where uh, Shikamori. I don't think so necessarily. Just in the sense that, like, people will expect one thing from it, and and it not be that thing and then disregard it when they really should give it a chance on its own merits. I, I but it also tells you right in the title what it's going to be. I don't think so necessarily because I think with Shikimori was also wrapped up in a lot of other types of expectations because it was just coming off of the heels of my dress up darling right. and also because it, it's also the criticisms of Shikimori are also wrapped up in a lot of like toxic masculinity and weird shit. Um, the thing about this one is it is not as well known in the West. Um, uh, when will I even make his move? It's very popular in Japan. The, the serialization is really widely well received. Um, this is not really, this is one of those shows that's not necessarily for a Western audience. I was actually very surprised to find out that they were going to get an anime. Um, but it, it is very popular for a Japanese audience. And I do think, you know, the sensibilities between a Western audience and a Japanese audience are different sometimes. Um, and I think that this one will do pretty well in Japan and will be mostly unnoticed in the U.S. Yeah. Well, I mean, dating culture is so vastly different between the two countries, too. Yeah. So it, it, I can see how it would not translate to an American audience the same way. Yeah. But if, you know, if anything I said piques your interest, then you might want to give it a shot. It's, because if it if it is something, if this is the type of thing you'll like, this is like, this goes really far with it. So here's here's what I will say to kind of wrap it up, is that, like... This is obviously, a, a, you know, Best Boy Justin reads the manga. It's like, this is up his alley. I'm, you know, I enjoy an occasional, like, slice of life type show. I think this one is very well done. Um, and, like, if you have a passing interest in the slice of life genre and you don't expect, you know, like, a love story to materialize immediately but enjoy the character interactions, you'll enjoy this one. Uncle from Another World. That's what's next. And it is coming on Wednesdays on Netflix. Yeah. Um, it's actually getting a simul release with Netflix. I think it's like a two-week lead or yeah, something. Something like that. Um, but yeah, it comes from us from... Oh no, it's French. <laughs> my my only weakness. Uh, Atelier Pont d'Arc. Yeah, close enough. Yay. Who brought us Ganbari Doki-chan, which is probably my favorite anime to say. It definitely, you do say it a lot. I don't know if you say it right, but you do say Gun it a lot. Doki Chan. I don't think you said a single word in that sentence right. <laughs> I think I said it exactly right. Um, we should also note that episode 5 has been delayed to August 17th because of COVID-19, which a lot of anime productions have been delayed recently. Yeah, Everyone there's a wave. out there. There's a wave. Anyway, 17 years ago... Takafumi's uncle fell into a coma. Now he's back, like a man risen from the grave. Soon Takafumi discovers two bizarre things. His uncle treasures video games above all else. And while comatose, he was actually transported to another world as some uh, heroic guardian. 
Now, not only does Takafumi have room, uh, have to room with his uncle, who is literally magical, he also has to catch the guy up on two decades of history. Smartphones, high-speed internet, modern anime tropes, and the traumatic outcome of the 90s console war. He was a Sega man. He was a Sega guy, and as we all know now, (laughs) the Dreamcast killed Sega. Um, Conceptually, this fires on all the cylinders. It's, the show is actually really great. Um, <laughs> I found one of the things that I like the best about it, if I had to pick one, w- would be the way they balance the storytelling with the comedy. Because, mm. like, you get, like, the kind of, like, you're, you're still getting the background. You're very slowly getting, like, the world building for how the isekai world works. Uh-huh. But what you're really getting is, like, the kind of daily struggles of, like, like oh how do we how do we figure out how to navigate life now that I'm not in the isekai world mm-hmm. anymore and then also just and like, also the time jump element of it the too. time jump element and the comedy is just it it always hits like I'm like this show makes me laugh all the time every time I watch it yeah I I think so one of my favorite parts of it was they they talk about how like. He was kind of ostracized in that world, mm-hmm. and uh, you learn about like one of his traveling companions who was like clearly in love with him, but was like super mean and rude to him, and basically a total tsundere. Yeah, but the conceit of the show is that he was transported to this other world before the concept of tsundere popularized. Mm-hmm. So like. You know, if he had transferred a few years later, he would have been like, oh, yeah, this is a tsundere. This is everything I've ever wanted, right? But he just didn't know it, so he just thought she was being mean to him. And was just like, yeah, she was just really mean. Yeah, it's it's funny because it's, it's kind of like he reacts to her the way you would react if you had if you met a tsundere in real life. You'd be like, oh, she's, this this girl's really mean, and she seems to not want me around, so I'm just going to leave her alone. Yeah. Like, <laughs> People, people in real life don't uh, generally uh, react positively to the way Sundaris act to people. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that once we get to Rent-A-Girlfriend. Oh boy, here we go. Um, but yeah, so like, I love the fact that like, you know, he brought back all these jewels, but like they're worthless in our world. Mm-hmm. And the way he's like making money is by doing like magic tricks on YouTube. Yeah. Because um, like, they... As fantastical as it is, they take a real look to, like, what would happen in this situation. Right, And I love that it's kind of also a reaction to the isekai boom. Yeah. Right? Like, I love this kind of flipping of, like... What happens after the isekai story? Yeah, I can just imagine what that pitch meeting was like when when the when the manga pitched this to their editor. Just be like, hey, what if what if the the isekai protagonist came back? Yeah, and it's like fucking sold. Let's do this. You it's, know, I mean, it's really interesting. They did it in another show. Now that I I'm guess thinking they, about they it, they kind of did it in Sword Art Online they, a little bit. So, oh god, I can't remember the name of it. The, there's an etchy show that had that concept where, like, a person comes back from the world and he brings back, like, a princess with him. Oh, it's yeah. real bad. Oh, I bet. It's, yeah, it's one of those ones where whenever they fight, like, all their clothes get torn off. Great. I'll, I, I'll see if I can remember it at some point. Um, but, yeah, that's that's Uncle from Another World. It's on Netflix. Um, 
It's it's a pretty easy one. It's also like it's a little like raunchy at points. So yeah, a little bit. It's not not as bad as some of the other stuff. We're no, 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 no. Today, but like but... I, it's you know maybe not one for like the children, but but yeah. you know teenagers and above. I think you're gonna get a real kick out of it. Absolutely. Um, another anime I think you're gonna get a real kick out of is My Isekai Life. I gained a second character class and became the strongest sage in the world. Streaming Mondays on High Dive. This one surprised me. This one does. Yeah, this one surprised me too. Um, it comes to us from Revoroot, who did I've Been Killing Slimes for 300 Years, which I desperately want yes. to come back. Um, Babylon and Fully Cooly Alternative. Um, after working himself to death in a hostile corporate environment, which is an increasingly common uh, isekai trope, by the way. It's oh. not even the only one this season. Yeah, I also love that it, he just, like, dies on the job. Yeah, he too. literally just goes, Doosh. Um <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know what that says about what's going on in our real life, that this is so popular for isekais. But anyway, um, Yuji Sano gets a second chance when he transmigrates to a game-like fantasy world. Although he wishes to lead an unassuming life, Yuji learns that he has the title of a monster tamer, the weakest rank of adventurer. With his newfound skills, he tames a number of slimes around him, and with their help, acquires magical powers to become a sage, a second profession that capitalizes on such potential. Even after gaining overwhelming strength, the scars from the life Yuji left behind keep him from going all out. However, he might not be able to hide his abilities for much longer, as unforeseen dangers threaten to destroy the world that is now his only home. Um, this jumps right into it. Yeah, you, you, you go right into the action on this one. Um, and I love it. I think, you know, we should, we should address the elephant in the room before we move any further, and that is... The slimes are adorable. Oh my god! I love how they each have their own little personality. Like one you of have, them's got a little mustache. Yeah, you've got the mustache slime, you've got the eye patch slime, and you've got the slime <laughs> with the leaves in its hair. Mm -hmm. And like they all have, they're all like actually very fleshed out, interesting, unique mm -hmm. characters. My favorite part is and when the, he like compliments them, and they have this kind of like telecommunication where when one slime hears something, they all hear it. Yeah, and so they're all like, "Yay, he likes us!" Yeah. <laughs> And then, like, you also have the wolf, who's, like, who's, his name is Proud Wolf, but he's actually just, like, a really, like, he's, like, a scaredy baby. Yeah. Um, I, I just wanted to get that out of the way, because, like, the, the thing that kind of, like, really pulls this story together, because we haven't even gotten a taste of, like, what the actual story, story is, but the thing for me that really pulls it together is the character, to, is, like, all the characters are really well done. For me, it's so, and I've talked about this before, the way I kind of start animes has changed since doing this podcast, right? Like, we watch a ton of first episodes of shows, mm -hmm. and I've really come to appreciate shows that can get me hooked in the first episode. And this show does a great job of that because it shows, it doesn't tell, mm -hmm. right? Like, it just jumps you into the action, and then... It drip feeds you the history through flashbacks, through exposition, but it does it all really well and not heavy-handed in the slightest. It's like you are on the ride from minute one. Mm. Um, and the action is really great. The magic system is really well fleshed out. Yeah, I think the 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 one the one thing that definitely stands out is the way he uses like basically like what are menus in a video game mm -hmm. to like string together his magic like spells. Um and I think uh you know, if you're if you're a fan of like uh what are some comparable um uh, <laughs> slime? <laughs> yeah, obviously slime. Um uh, if you're a fan of like these kind of power fantasy like maybe like uh, Overlord um, it, uh, it, weirdly, it does remind me of um, 
that time I was reincarnated as a slime. Yeah. Like, just in feel and in, like, kind of power scaling. Yeah, absolutely. Any any kind of isekai where the character kind of has to grapple with having, like, OP powers. Yeah. Um, and doesn't use them for bad things. <laughs> um, you're gonna like this one. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I definitely, I, I recommend it, especially, like, if you're, if you're going into high dive... Um, if you're like trying to test out, like okay, like I'm gonna try it for a season and see if you know, see what are the shows that you would want to watch. I think this is probably up there. Yeah. You know, I think you should give it a it, shot. It's such an easy show to recommend because it's one of those ones that you can watch the first episode and know if you're gonna like it or not. I yeah, think. absolutely. Like there are some other shows on High Dive that we're gonna be talking about this, uh, you know, this season that maybe don't necessarily. Um, translate that well. This is not the case for this one. I think this is your good, you know, your your first intro uh, show. Um, yeah. yeah. Up next, we have the maid I hired recently is Mysterious. It airs Saturdays on Crunchyroll. It comes to us from Silverlink and Blade, who gave us Sports Climbing Girls. The greatest demon lord is reborn as a typical nobody. The beautiful maid Lilith has been hired to t care for the whims of her employer's son, Yuri. However, Yuri's overzealous skepticism of every action keeps him on the edge as he suspects devious mischief being plotted behind his back. Despite his paranoia, Lilith grows fond of Yuri and often teases him in a way to further their bonding. The story revolves around the relationship between the cautious Yuri and his wonderfully charming maid in this day-to-day -day oddball romantic comedy. Yes, so this is the first of the, t the two Shota shows we're going to be talking about today. Why is that a thing this season? I don't know, but it is. <laughs> um, interestingly, the, 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 the... Well, I guess we already talked about Call of the Night, too, which technically uh, is a Shota show. I would say maybe not. It, it's not stylized as a Shota show the Definitely way these not. two are. This is very much a Shota show, and if you don't yeah. know what Shota means... It is basically the opposite of Lolly, which comes from Lolita, which means a young boy and an older woman. Well, yeah. Lolita means young girl. And well, older it doesn't man, necessarily but... always have to be an older woman, but it is a young boy. Yes. Um, but yeah, this one, um, I, I actually I read the manga for, so you know I've I've been aware of it. This is going to be another one like Ayumu, I think, where it's not for everybody, um, and it's probably not even for most people. But if mm -hmm. this is the kind of thing you're into, um, <laughs> if you like busty characters yeah if you like like first of all the the maid lilith is super cute one of my favorite things about this manga is the way that they would always like um they would always color her eyes purple mm. so like it always popped off of the page and i was looking for that in the show and which it translates really well um the other thing is the synopsis doesn't really get this across well but like because it, it says he's been hired to care for the whims of her employer's son um the parents are dead yuri's a, an orphan basically he's mm. living in the He's living in the mansion that his parents left for him, but he can't afford to keep any servants anymore um, because his inheritance basically only covers his, like, living expenses. Um, so, basically, like, Lilith shows up on his door one day and is like, hey, I'll be your maid. Uh, you know, I don't need, you don't need to pay me. I just want to, like, you know, just give me a place to live and, you know, food to eat. Um and, uh, you know, it's got a little bit of a mystery element to it. It's not going to kick in until later in the show, probably, because we've only somewhat recently started exploring it in the manga. Um, but, uh, you know, I think uh, it, it, this one's a little bit less of a recommend for me than Ayumu is. Um, mainly just because I feel like the story kind of feels like it's getting across really slow in the... Um, 
in the anime as opposed to like Ayumu. Ayumu has like a, a, a constant through line that you can follow. This one's a little bit more episodic. Even within episodes, like they're they're kind of like you can see that they are chapters of a manga. They yeah. are not necessarily, you know, conforming to an overarching theme. Hmm. Um, but visually it's great, obviously. Um, they're cute together. They're cute together. If you liked the Duke of Death and his maid, um, this it, it is it has a, vibes. It has similar vibes. It's not as well. I would say it's not quite as, on the level of Duke of Death and his maid. Duke of Death had a, a bit more of an overarching storyline and had a lot of really good supporting characters and a bustier maid and a bustier maid, much bustier. Um, which is saying which something. is saying a lot. So if you're into that, go for it. Um, this one, and I feel like animation. the other thing that this one suffers from is it doesn't have the kind of depth and wealth of side characters that a show like Duke of Death and His Maid does. Mm -hmm. You really only get two side characters in this show, as far as I'm aware, um, and I don't even know if they'll both come up in this season. Um, but you know, I'm going to be watching it, and if this is if if you've read the manga or if you're into this kind of story. It's worth it, worth taking a look at. If you're just going to take a blind shot on it, I would say maybe maybe watch another show for if first, unless you really want to watch this one. Watch, watch the next show on our list, because I guarantee you Best yeah. Boy Justin will be. Yeah, the next one on our list is probably going to be my favorite from this season. Um, it's called The Yakuza's Guide to Babysitting. It airs Thursdays on Crunchyroll. It comes to us from Feel, who did uh, my teen romantic comedy Snafu, and Suki Gakire. Um... It follows uh, the story, Toru Kirishima's notoriety is spread far and wide in the underworld. He is most commonly known as the Demon of Sakuragi, a man who is not afraid to resort to violence if deemed necessary. After almost jeopardizing a peace treaty, his boss tasks him with the most difficult job he's ever had, taking care of seven-year-old Yaika Sakuragi, the boss's precious daughter, so that Toru understands what it means to be responsible for another life. At first, the two do not seem to meet eye to eye, as Toru has no clue on how to communicate with Yaika, and the young girl is not used to expressing her emotions. However, as time goes by, they come to understand each other despite their differences. The fearsome right-hand man of a Yakuza boss and the child he must protect are about to learn that family is not always bound by blood. Adorable. Yeah, this uh, the the little girl Yaika. She is super cute. Yeah, you you get into it right away too with the kind of character building because like you know um, the the reason why the Yakuza boss needs his right hand man to kind of care for his daughter is because his wife is in a coma. She's been in a terrible accident. She's been in a coma since Yaika was very young, so she doesn't like. She has this really complicated relationship with her mother and her like her parents. And like, um, you know, Toru kind of like the way they bond is through like navigating that together um and kind of examining what family means. Mm -hmm. Um and also like the show is just really funny. Yeah. Um like it, it has its comedic moments. The most recent episode I honestly thought was gonna be a miss. For some reason like it felt like they just jumped right into like an alternate side story where like um the, the the some of the yakuza guys become idols and like they end up like streaming on YouTube and I was like I have no idea where this is going it was funny but I'm like what what how does this take part in the story but it ends up uh, it, it they end up wrapping it like they bring it back around full circle to like a, a message that actually does like is pretty solid uh, character growth for Toru um, in the main storyline um, so I feel like even even when they're they're doing things that are kind of outside of the 
outside of the box. They're pushing the envelope, and it kind of works. You know, yeah. it, it's really well done. If you're looking for a must protect kind of uh, character, you've got that in this show with Yaika. Yeah, though I don't think needs a lot of help protecting her <laughs> no yeah he's good also like the the main character so i'm watching subs i think there is an english dub planned i don't think it's out yet um but uh toru's voice actor bruh i think i texted you the first day i was like yo this <laughs> this guy's voice is hot yeah no it's really good he's a great voice actor yeah uh, this this show's great it <clears throat> I think it scratches a lot of the itch that um, was kind of left unscratched by uh, Way of the House Husband. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's definitely not the same sort of comedy, but there's kind of, again, vibes similar yeah. to yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just, you know, uh, executed better. Um, at least the anime. Uh, but yeah, this is, uh, this is thoroughly adorable i as soon as i watched the first episode i was like this is so up best boy justin's alley i can't even yeah but you know i think this is for me an easy recommend for just about it because it's oh, got yeah. something for everybody you know yeah. this is like a show that i think just about anyone could sit down and just get a kick out of watching yeah it's like the humor is easily is it, it, it's, it's easy to access and you the know characters are just really so like that's what makes the show is that they're well thought out they deal with situations in a real way than yeah. this kind of comedy. But, like, you f you feel for the characters. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think this is good. This is another continuation into shows that involve, like, Yakuza protagonists, where I'm like, I, I worry that people will, will watch too many of these shows and then, like, think that, like, oh, Yakuza is really cute. And they're cuddly. fun and, and, and easy to hang out with. Please do not do that. No. <laughs> the Yakuza are very dangerous and they're not, uh, no. they, they, they are akin to what the mafia has, you know, is here. So. Used to be here. <laughs> no, it still, it still is. Like, they, they've kind of had, like, a similar trajectory where... They used to have a lot more power than they do now. They used to be a lot more violent than they are now, but they are still violent and they do still like run drugs and prostitution and you know. I, I feel like they're more human trafficking and stuff around than the American mafia these days. They though. are, but that's that kind of has more to do with the fact that the the way they're woven into the like the kind of fabric of Japan. Yeah. The mafia in Italy is actually maybe a better analog. Yes. Um, yeah, because yeah. they are like you know it's 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 that's... out in the open and they exist, but you know. Yeah, that's a story for another podcast. We should do a mafia podcast. No, we should or not, not a mafia a yakuza podcast. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I think I think the yakuza might leave us alone. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, next uh, you want to hit some of the next yeah. One? Next one is Parallel World Pharmacy uh, Sundays on Crunchyroll yes. from Dio Medea, who gave us the illustrious uh, domestic girlfriend here on Nosora, which. I'm like halfway through. Yeah, you like it so far. Yeah, I'm like in the twenty uh, episode twenties. I'm oh, going. Nice. I'm going full fifty. Okay, um, look at you for it. But uh, now that we've finished watching all these, I'm gonna go back to it. Really like strong recommend. We'll we'll catch back up on that at a later episode. Mm -hmm. uh, and futsal boys, which I've been seeing more futsal like all over the place. Yeah, like, it's getting a movie actually. Wild. Yeah. Anyway. After losing his little sister to an incurable disease, world-famous medical researcher Kanji Yakutani gave it uh, gave his all to cure patients by dedicating his life to new medicines. After working himself to death at the age of 31, which again, he just friggin' drops yep, dead just at work. Um, the former psychiatrist wakes up to a 10-year-old... Pharmacist. Uh, pharmacist. 
wakes up as a 10-year-old child whose body has been struck by lightning, which uh, we'll get into, but, yeah. like, dude, the that opens a whole can of worms. Yeah. He discovers that he has been reincarnated into a medieval world uh, as Pharma, a child uh, of the respected De Medici's family, uh, in a world where divine arts magic granted through the blessings of guardian deities exist, Pharma recognizes that his body is host to a guardian deity of medicine. The boy has been granted mythical divine arts of creation and reduction, as well as the ability to instantly diagnose illness in people's bodies. He soon discovers a terrible state of medicine in this world. Only nobles are able to afford medical care. What's that like? <laughs> uh, which is ineffective at best and detrimental at worst. Using modern uh, knowledge and his divine powers, Pharma gradually makes a name for himself as a pharmacist despite his young age, even earning recognition in the imperial court. When he finally acquires a proper pharmacy of his own, he sets out to pursue his goal of improving health care in the San F-L-E-U-V-E empire and making it accessible to all. Okay, so many things to say. A, not what I expected out of this show. Yeah, wildly different. I think <clears throat> one of the reasons why is because there is like a weird thing in translation for this where it, it, it kind of introduces the main character as a pharmacist, but like it would be more accurate to describe him as like a research pharmacologist. Yeah. Like he's not like your neighborhood pharmacist sent, yeah. you know, giving you pills over the counter. He's like involved in developing new medicines yeah. and like compounding things. Um, so that's part of why I think a lot of people are a little thrown off by what this turns out to be. Yeah. Um, I think the title also threw me off because it reminded me of, what was it, Pharmacy in Another World or something? Um, yeah, it, it was the... Um, it was like a slice of life. It was a slow life in the, of, as a pharmacist in another world or something like that. Yeah. And it, it, that was one that I really wanted to be good and was not. So it was a very similar title to that. So it, it conjured that sort of feeling to it um but it has a way different feel in reality absolutely um so he has additive and subtractive magic so he can like make things appear and with one hand and make things disappear go away with another yeah. hand which reminds me of a fantasy series i read as a kid called the sword of truth series mm -hmm. which are really good really long books um but the whole conceit of that world was that they had additive and subtractive magic and, like, um, you were known as, like, a war wizard if you had both kinds. But, mm -hmm. like, they were all, like, died out, basically. Um, but that kind of expert type of magic I've seen in worlds before and is really cool when used right. And, and this show seems to, like, the first episode is, like, very heavy into, like, how the world works and like exploring everything and just knocking out like um, exposition. But it, they need to do that because this world is so involved yeah. and so detailed. Um, and, you know, it's definitely an OP character, but it's a very interesting way of handling that. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I mean, basically, the, the way he gets his start in the world. Um, he cures what's known as the White Death, which some of you might recognize as an old-timey name for tuberculosis, which is a, a disease that we cured, you know, like probably a couple hundred years ago. Um, but in this world is running rampant, and he's, he, you know, he sees a curable disease, 
and he you know he kind of he, he has to use his powers in order to cure it in this world as well yeah. um, which I think is really really interesting and well done um, uh, it also brings up the question of isekai taking over someone's body yes and this is not the first one that we've had but it does remind me of um, bookworm bookworm yeah where like when you're when you're isekai into somebody who already exists because that person died so what's really interesting about that too is i just got to the point in um oh god what's the name of that manhwa um the like uh reincarnated manhwa i was reading i'll, okay. I'll look it up um but basically there was a, a, a scene in it where he tells his parents that he uh, was isekai mm-hmm. It's like the first time he's confessed it. And it's also the first time I've seen someone confess being isekai like, in a story. Yeah. Uh, so it was really interesting. And you just, like, deal with the repercussions of the parents, like, being like, are you my child? Mm-hmm. Did you replace what would have been my child? And, like, coming to terms with, like, what does it mean? Because this is a common thing that happens but like does not really get discussed of like what the ramifications implications of taking over someone's body means yeah, is that we're, you we're gonna get some of that in this show too which is awesome yeah um but yeah it's i at first blush was like i am not going to be interested in this show and i watched the first episode and i was like okay let's go yeah absolutely i think this show this show is definitely a recommend um if you're an isekai fan um, if you were just like kind of looking for a, a different type of, of isekai, this is going to do, do, do it for you. The beginning after the end. That was the name. Ah, okay. One. Perfect. Um, yeah. Next up is another one that kind of, that really snuck up on me, um, that I didn't, I didn't know anything about and wasn't expecting to be good, but I actually have been really enjoying, um, is Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammers. Best and, name. <laughs> yeah. Well, just by the name alone, I was like, okay, it sounds weird. You know, whatever. Um, streaming up Fridays on Crunchyroll. Uh, comes to us from Naz, who did My First Girlfriend as a Gal, uh, Sabi Kuibisko, and Captain Tsubasa. Um, one day, college student Yuhi Amamiya is approached by a talking lizard, Sir Noi Krizant. Uh, Krizant immediately launches into a fantastical story. The powerful mage Animus intends to destroy the Earth with his biscuit hammer, a huge contraption looming high in Earth, Earth's orbit. Earth's only hope lies with the princess and her beast knights, whose task it is to pr- protect the princess and defeat Animus. Um, Yuhi is chosen as the lizard beast knight, and despite his misgivings, is quickly forced to defend himself from a golem created by the mage. He is saved by his neighbor, the princess Asahina Samidare, and swears loyalty to her. However, the princess does not intend to slave- save the Earth at all. She lets Yuhi in on her real motivations to protect Animus, fr- uh, to prevent Animus from destroying the Earth only to then annihilate the planet by her own hand. The pair continue to fight off attacks by Animus's go- uh, golems, while the remaining Beast Knights are slowly being gathered and learning to use their powers. But Yuhi will have to decide for himself whether to go along with Asahina's plans, whom he is getting close to, or to save the Earth. In the process, he must also confront his true self and determine where his loyalties truly lie. Um, this show really, uh, it, it, it snuck up on me. I was watching the first episode. One of the things that stuck out to me was the way he reacts to finding out that he's, like, some sort of legendary beast knight. <laughs> and because it's so relatable. Because, like, the guy, you know, he, he wakes up and he sees this lizard on his chest and it talks to him. And he immediately throws it out the window. Which I feel like is a fair response. Sorry, Char. Um, 
But, um, you know, uh, his response is basically like, I'm not interested. I've got a lot. Of, I've got enough going on in my own life. I don't even care about the world. Please leave me alone and go away. Yes. And it's like, that's super relatable. Because, <laughs> like, I can't say for 100% sure that that wouldn't be exactly how I would react to the same thing if it happened to Especially me tomorrow. Especially first thing in the morning. Right? <laughs> so, Best boy Justin, not a morning person. Exactly. So, like, the, the, the way the character feels is relatable. But I think also the, the thing that I really liked about it is that, like, he's completely uninterested until he hears about the princess. And she's, uh, you know, he's like, whatever, I don't care. And she's like, she's like, no, you're going to help me because once, you know, once we save the world, I'm going to destroy it. And he's like, oh, fuck, all right. Like, all right, I can get into that. Like, um, and, you know, I think the, the, the action in this show is really well done because it, it feels high stakes. Basically, like, these golems can kill you like with one, like one hit. And he has no, he hasn't been training He's basically been just kind of this nerdy dude. He has no stamina. He doesn't do physical exercise. And the magic powers rely on your own physical stamina to manifest. So basically, like, he's almost powerless at the beginning of this story. Um, and I think that that does a lot for kind of establishing the stakes of the show. Um but how many, how, how, what do you think about it, Dan? How far into it have you gotten? I've so only far? watched the first episode of it, but again, it was captivated by it. Yeah. Um, it, really cool world building. Um, I love the biscuit hammer, just a giant yeah. hammer hovering above the earth. Absolutely. Um, if, if that's how the whole world is going to go out, I'm okay with it. A giant hammer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, Again, the name is just so wild, yeah. and it captures the essence of the show. This is kind of chaotic, kind of, you know, all over the place. I, it recognizes what it is, and it doesn't make any apologies about it, right? Like, it just yeah. goes in, talking lizard, you know, weird-ass shit, Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer, and and goes for it, and it comes together nicely. So I think this is... In terms of, like, if you're looking for a more, like, shonen-y, action-y yeah. kind of thing, um, you're going to get uh, that from this show this season. Yeah, um, it, it, in that respect, it reminds me a lot of Fooly Cooly as well. And yeah. just, like, the way that it is constructed and the, the way that it's presented. There's, you know, kind of reflecting on it, there's not a ton of shonen-y action shows. And yeah. we haven't really talked about some of the best ones yet. Um, but I would say this is, like maybe third on my list yeah excellent one that shouldn't be on your list however is shoot gold to the future streaming saturdays on crunchyroll come to us from emt squared who did i'm quitting heroing um etsushi kamiya is a former captain at kakagawa high school and the world-renowned courageous captain for a famous italian soccer team hideo tsuji is a student at the same school who seems uninterested in the now weakened soccer team their meeting is the start of a new legend, but no, it's not because this show sucks. Um, I don't know how to put it any other way. The show is bad. Um, I watched the first three episodes of it. Um, all of the characters are just like the same, the stereotypes of characters that you commonly find in sports anime just dialed all the way up to 11 to the point where they're all cringe. Every single one of them. The main character He's the he's the character who has a past as like a prodigy at the sport, 
but be, for one reason or another is no longer as good at it and he's you know because of that he's becomes an asshole and he's like i don't want to play soccer anymore wow. never um, seen that before and then you have the character who's way too passionate about soccer and anytime someone says something bad about soccer he's gonna fight them um this and- reminds me of that like spongebob meme uh, with like they're like ordering the burger and he's like oh adventurous today aren't we exactly it's exactly (laughs) that and then like you have the character who's who's like the little twink boy who's way too uh, way too emotional and he's hugging everybody all the time um this show is just really bad the story is not compelling it it's not interesting watching three episodes of it was like pulling teeth um i watched i i was kind of excited when i first saw this because i was like oh like maybe you know, because, like, I'm not into soccer, but, like, I'm always into picking up, like, sports anime about sports that I don't watch just to, like, kind mm-hmm. of experience it. That's why I really liked Ahiru no Sora. Um, this ruined soccer for me. I might never <laughs> I might never look at a soccer ball again for my entire life. Uh, football to our uh, everyone else no, counterparts. No, <laughs> um, Yeah. Oh, God, it was so bad. Dan, do you have anything to say about this one? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, Yuri Deco airs on Sundays <laughs> on Crunchyroll. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, and it comes to us from Science uh, Saru, who gave us Keep Your Hands Off Isaacun, uh, Ping Pong the Animation, and Devil Man Cryberry. Berry? Devil Man Cryberry. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Crybaby. Um, which is funny. Until we got to this point, I actually did not know that it came from the same people as Isaacun, but holy shit does that make so much yeah, sense yeah it does um if you uh, spoiler alert if you like isaacun you're gonna love this show i yeah. think um in the cyber city tom sawyer uh society revolves around earning love akin to receiving likes on social media citizens in this augmented reality exchange love for public services and appearance changing avatars via the decoration customizer known as deco a hologram device implanted in an individual's eyes from early childhood uh under the government's careful management people of tom sawyer live a peaceful existence outside the occasional appearance of phantom zero a mysterious criminal who brings all love to zero within their vicinity barry a mischievous girl uh fascinated by phantom zero lives comfortably in the system of tom sawyer under her until her deco malfunctions enabling her to see the camouflage prankster named hack Believing Hack to be Phantom Zero, Barry chases after the suspect and, in the process, begins to uncover society's most well-kept secrets. As it turns out, Hack is not the only person living outside the system's rules, and the vibrant colors of Tom Sawyer hide a darker nature. Um, Visually, this is a very unique show. Yeah. Um, The visuals remind me a lot of, like, Steven Universe. Yeah, it's very colorful, um, and it kind of, like, fits in, right? Like, there, it, this is kind of, like, a, just another retelling of the, like, hey, watch out for what is now being called the metaverse, but has existed in sci-fi for years. Yeah, you know what it also reminds me a lot of? Decadence. Yeah, yeah. uh-huh, a whole lot of that. Um, so, it, it's, it, you know, it reminds me of, like, The Giver, mm-hmm. um... You know, there's there are a lot of things that this is drawing from. The art style is not going to be for everyone because it is very stylized. But um, 
you know, if you like the character design from Izukun, I think it shares a lot of DNA with that, um, which you can see from Sayansaru. Um, but the story is really interesting. <laughs> One of the main characters kind of looks like a gorilla. Yeah. Not like a an, like animal gorilla, but like the band, the gorilla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just like it, it, a very interesting story about and commentary on social media and the metaverse and virtual reality and uh, what we label as important in our society. So uh, if you like those sorts of meditations, I will strongly recommend this show. Yeah. Uh, I'm only one episode in, but I, you know, I like it. Definitely uh, recommend checking it out. If those are, those are things that you're into. Yeah. Um, um, up next is probably the best show of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of things that you might be into best boy, Dan, um, no, we have uh, Verme and Gold uh, streaming Tuesdays on High Dive. This one is a show on High Dive that belongs on High Dive. Also, um, it, I like to butcher the name and call it Vermeil. <laughs> Vermeil, yes. Uh, it's Verme. Um, it's stupid French people. The Staple Entertainment... I'm sorry, French people. The, it comes to us from Staple Entertainment. I'm not sorry. You know what you, you, know what you did. Um, uh, it comes to us from Stable food. Entertainment, who hasn't done anything we're familiar with, but it looks like they've done a bunch of etchy stuff, so that's on point. Um, Alto, a student at Royal at the Royal Ortigia Magic Academy, is on the verge of failing the summoning magic class and having to repeat the year. Uh, desperate to avoid being held back for a year, he stumbles upon a grimoire and draws a magic circle, summoning the sealed demon Verme and making her his familiar. She has been... Uh, a feared devil since ancient times and possesses tremendous power to cause disasters. Verme, as a familiar, necessitates magical energy on a daily basis, which she obtains from Alto via passionate kisses. Lilia, Alto's childhood friend, grows envious of their relationship, while the students are also taken aback by the uh, unprecedented familiar. The royal road fantasy of a magician on the edge of failure and a mysterious devil woman begins. Okay, also weirdly not the only story where people get energy from kissing. Yeah, we'll talk about season. that later. Um, <laughs> also, yeah, we, this, this is, is kind of a Shota story. This is our other Shota story, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, honestly, on its surface, this show is trash. Like, it's it's trashy. Yeah, but, I mean, the, the thing you also have to understand is that Vermeer is, like, insanely buxom like that yes. is like the character design like she is meant to be salacious in character design yeah absolutely um and like i said on its surface this show is trash like it's you know the the little boy summons a sexy girl who just who wants... gives him magic power by making out or also doing other things yeah mark? it seems as though it goes yeah directions anyway um, um but once you get past that the the story of this show is actually really so good, good for some reason <laughs> i don't know why i wasn't expecting that i was expecting to watch three episodes of this show and be like all right well it was trash but whatever i like um, i got my i like i pulled out my dumpster i like you know made a little nest in it i you know started watching it i was happy being trash and then i was like is this show actually good yeah i mean this show has turned into something that I'm gonna have to watch. Um, um, strong, I mean, strong warning. Yeah, it's, it's still super etchy. It's not for everybody. If that's if etchy is not your thing, the show is not for you. Um, you know, but if you do like etchy and you know you kind of want to see a little bit of a trash show with a good story, yeah, like fun story, fun magic, system, cool battles, um, cool battles. Uh, you know. 
I hesitate to use the word good characters, but like they're definitely archetypes and they are well defined and well done. There's not anything particularly new about the characters, but they're just executed well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, if those things resonate with you, hard agree, uh, hard recommend on this show. Um, hard <laughs> recommend. I mean, definite, uh, definite if, recommend with caveats. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> if you don't like Shoda, stay away from it, too. Yeah, if you don't like Shoda, this is not the If one you like you. Shoda, don't talk to us. Yeah, stay away from <laughs> me. Um, Say it right. No. <laughs> Licorice no, recoil? it's Licorice <laughs> recoil. You, okay. lost, you lost your privilege to talk about this show. No, I'm going to talk about it because it's my favorite. Saturdays on Crunchyroll from A1 Pictures, who's Sony, by the way. Sword Art Online, Your Lie in April, Kaguya-sama Love is War, Wodakoi Gate, Blend S, 86 Darling in the Franks, just to name a few. Um, no, uh, what is it, Lycoris? Lycoris Recoil. Lycoris Recoil, or, or Licorice Recoil, <laughs> as I like to call it. Um, this show is friggin' awesome. Here's the synopsis. Uh, the number of terrorist attacks has never been lower, thanks to the efforts of a syndicate called Direct Attack, or DA. The organization raises orphan girls as killers uh, to carry out assassinations under their uh, Lycoris program. Takina Inoue is an exceptional, exceptional Lycoris uh, with strong sense of purpose and penchant for perfection. Unfortunately, a hostage situation tests her patience, and resulting in the act of insubordination leads her to transfer out of DA. Not thrilled by losing the place she once belonged to, she reluctantly arrives at her new base of operations, Lyco Reco, a cafe in disguise. Uh, Takina's new partner, however, turns out to be quite different than what she imagined. Despite being the famed Lycoris prodigy, Chisato uh, Nish Kigi. Uh, appears almost unconcerned with her duties. She drags Takina along on all kinds of odd jobs under a simple explanation of helping people in need. Takina is even more puzzled when Chisato takes down a group of armed assailants without killing any of them. Feeling like a fish out of water, Takina itches to get uh, reinstated into the DA, but Chisato determines... Chisato is determined to prove to her that there is more to life than what she already knew. Yeah. Um, um, dude, this show is rad. Yeah, this show's really good. Um, I, you know, I kind of, I've seen it described online as like John Wick with schoolgirls, and that makes yes. sense. The fight <laughs> choreographies are really good. So, um, this is probably some of the best, and I he hesitate to use realistic because it's not... But, but elements of it are. But it's interesting that you bring that up because a lot of the, some of the elements are very realistic. One of the things that I did notice while I was watching this show is that the way the girls handle the firearms is very realistic. Yes. Like you'll notice that um, you know Chisato in the fight scene where they're fighting in the car, she uses a handgun carry like a close carry where it's being carried very close to your chest, which is a type of thing you don't see a lot in anime because obviously you know it's over the top action yeah. where double guns, go yeah, boo -boo -boo. swinging around, like, doing flips and shooting. The way the way the the Lycoris characters handle their firearms is actually very realistic. Yeah. Um, the the different carries that they use and the way that they move, the way they hold um, it while they're jumping over objects, exactly like, feels very. It feels very realistic and it feels, you know, very accurate to, to real life in a way that John Wick also kind of, in a way, uh, sought to emulate. 
Um, yeah. So, have you seen the videos of like Keanu Reeves? Yeah, like, when he's training. Fi- yeah, firearms absolutely. practices. Like yeah. it's such a respect for those weapons and how to handle them and. It's really clear that the animators of this paid very close attention to that. Yeah, but, so like I think that's the, the, one of the big things. But also like the the OST is amazing for this so show. So good. The characters are adorable. They're hilarious. Oh, yeah. I love Chisato. The the scene in the DA when they when she like picks her up and swings her around. That was I was sold on the show. That was great. I even love in the OP like I'm. If you've been on, you know, Reddit, you've seen the gif of, like, them kicking each other's butts while, like, walking down the street. It's just, like, it's such a real moment between, like, two friends where, like, you know, you're walking by and you, like, kind of, like, back kick the other person in the butt and then they kick you way harder. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, I saw that and I was like, this is anime IRL. Yeah. Um, Another person, interestingly enough, who really likes this show is the um, Metal Gear Solid uh, creator Hideo Kojima. I um, could see that. It seems up as Apparently, he was searching for another show. Uh, he was looking for a movie called Licorice Pizza, which is a, something that just came out recently in Japan that I guess is really good. <laughs> um, and instead came across like Horus Recoil, um, because the two words are spelled uh, similarly in Japanese, I suppose. Um but uh, he ended up watching the first three episodes and fell in love with it. Um, so, you know, there's, there's the, you know, um, some, some critical acclaim for you, I guess. Yeah, um, it, it's, if you like action, if you like, you know, just good human connections, I think this is... An, quite the enjoyable and show. good storytelling too like this oh, show yeah. definitely has like it's got good some intrigue. mystery going yeah, on got some mystery got some intrigue it's done really well if you like kind of like spy dramas where like yeah. there's like backstabbing and double well, agents and, and like so like the initial um like arms deal that like went sideways and and got her kicked out of the program like was actually like a front um the arms deal happened hours earlier and it yeah. was like captured on like someone's like camera and so it becomes this whole mystery into like what was going on and she's you know trying to you know make up get back on the force by like solving for the thing that you know got her kicked off so yeah. it's like like if you took the japanese scroll girl out of this like you could totally put like bruce willis in this in like the like <laughs> 90s or something well, and... in a lot of ways it reminds me of kind of like a mix between like john wick and also jason bourne yeah like that kind of thing so like if if those if any of the names we've been talking about while we're talking about this show jump out to you you should watch it i yeah. think it's really good this is a a, a high recommend for me for this uh, like i said it in all honesty, of all the things we've watched, this is probably my favorite new show this season. Yes. Um, but what probably isn't my favorite new show no? this season... Not at all! <laughs> um, is Harem in the Labyrinth of Another World, coming to us on Wednesdays from Crunchyroll. It comes to us from Passion, who did High School DxD, Miyaruko-chan, and Interspecies Reviewers. That is... That says it. of a lot. Yeah. Um... High school student Michio Kaga was wandering aimlessly through life and the internet when he finds himself transported from a shady website into a fantasy world, reborn as a strong man who can use cheat powers. He uses his powers to become an adventurer, earn money, and get the right to claim girls that have idol-level beauty to form his very own harem. Now that that synopsis that they gave to us is very charitable because that is... (laughs) 
not how the show goes. This show is about a guy who gets isekai'd and uses his powers to buy slave girls that he can fuck. Yeah, that's, that's the show. That is the show. That is the show, and I'm not. I'm. I'm not being. I'm not being unduly harsh. That is the that's conceit not of the show. Coy, that's... I'm not being like. I'm not telling a joke. Like you know, just trying to be funny. Like that's what this show is. This show is gross. There is literally a point where the slave dealer, like you know, he comes to this world. He's like, oh, this is this is a thing that happens in this world. There's slavery. Oh my god, it's crazy and. This guy shows him this, like, beautiful slave who can, like, fight and all this stuff. And he goes, well, if I don't buy her, someone else will. So yeah. and it's, clearly it's, the right thing is for me to perpetuate this system. But it's also, it's it's even worse than that, though. Because, because he like, buys her to fuck her. Yeah, because it is explicitly, in the discussion between him and the slave dealer, it is explicitly discussed and agreed that the... That you can buy her for sex. Yeah. And it, it's it's disgusting. Um it's it, 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 and the way the, the the show deals with it is is just it's abhorrent. Um but like even 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 with all of that stuff aside, the show is also just bad. Like the character is bad. You get like these opportunities to have a really interesting character, and then it just goes out the window. Like so, the first in the first episode, he you know he kills somebody, and then he has to deal with the fact that like oh like I killed someone for real, like this yeah. person's real, and I killed them. And then he literally just goes mm, okay, I guess that's how it is, and then he just moves on with his life. Like an opportunity for like a real reflection about like life and killing and morals, and he just goes eh, whatever. This is how it is here, I guess, and yeah, he just moves on with his life. It's weird because the show. Uh, like takes the time to like hit on points that they could tackle correctly. Yeah. And then they just don't. They consciously choose not to. Cause like I structurally, you know, content aside, this is a well-made show. Like physically, like it looks nice. Mm -hmm. Like it's drawn well. Um, like the moments where it's not being horrible are well done for the most part, right? Yeah. Like the action sequences, all that sort of stuff. But once you actually get into the content of it, it's awful. Which yeah. is like, you obviously can't recommend something like that. The, um, the way I had described it is that it's as if whoever made this show used the same machine that made Shield Hero... And they turned the plot and setting dials all the way down to one. Yeah. And the horny and gore dials all the way up to 11. It's, yeah. This is, this is the show for the people who unironically were okay with redo of a healer. Yeah. Like this, and and you don't want to be in that club. This show is an absolute dumpster fire and I don't recommend it Not for in anybody. a good way. Yeah. Don't watch. Even if you're horny, watch the next show. Watch anything else. No, seriously, watch the next show. Engage Kiss. Yeah. Yeah, this comes out to you from Saturdays on Crunchyroll. Good. I'm glad we don't have to talk about that last show again. It was yeah. really bad. It was bad. Um, Engage Kiss is a different kind of bad. It comes at us from A1 Pictures, who we also already talked about. Um, Bayron City, a pioneering metropolis built on a newly discovered energy source, promises every citizen a luxurious and comfortable lifestyle. 
In reality, young demon exterminator Shu Ogata's life is far from extravagant. Despite running a private military business, he often struggles to make ends meet due to reckless expenses. Fortunately, Kisura, his demon partner, is more than eager to help Shu with household manners, a little bit too forcefully for his comfort. The two work side by side, taking countermeasures against demon hazards, which stand as the biggest threats to the city. With danger lurking in the shadows, Shu and Kisura strive to save the town's safety. However, exterminating the possessed comes with a price unbeknownst to others. Um, I guess this is also a um, show to show. No, it's not. He's an adult. He's an adult? Yeah. Oh, okay, great. He's Um, an adult. (laughs) Um, This is actually more of a Sanin. Yeah, uh... This is another one where they get their power from kissing. Yeah. Uh, and on on its on its face, this one is also kind of trash. Yeah. But like I but it's good. I think there there is <laughs> there is an episode in the near future of the best boys that coming out probably that will be titled Engage Kiss Was Good Actually. Like because I think <laughs> I think that it, it might actually be. You yeah. Know? I feel like this is it's a weird anime trope of like kissing to get power. It's I can think of a whole bunch of other shows that it's happened yeah, to. Yeah, absolutely. But, like, it, it has it, and when they kiss, they full yeah, on. This is like, this show. is like tongues. <laughs> like, and, it oh, is wow. explicitly drawn. Like, I don't know if I have seen a makeout scene that detailed, even in, like, hentai, which I don't watch, obviously. Allegedly. <laughs> um, but, like, it, it's just weirdly detailed however the action that immediately follows it is insane yeah like as good as like lycoris recoil is in terms of the um action like this is the kind of like over the top action yeah but executed at that level right so if you want the real action you watch lycoris recoil if you want like balls to the wall insane you know demon girl action watch engage kiss yeah um i think yeah this one's really good for that the story is interesting the mystery plot is really Mm -hmm. cool um the episode that i just finished we we get a little bit of that kind of um, uh, we get another piece to that puzzle and it's like, oh shit, like, you know, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, it's one of those shows that kind of really keeps you guessing. Um, and I think that it's really well done in that regard. Yeah. Um, also has a pretty good OP. Yeah, no, the, uh, you know, this, I would say like top one this season is Lycoris Recoil in terms of just action shows. Followed by Engage Kiss, followed by Lucifer Biscuit Hammer. Like, if you're in the kind of shonen genres, stick in that area, and I think you'll you'll be happy. I would maybe put Licorice Hammer, uh, Licorice Hammer. <laughs> Licorice um, Biscuit Hammer. I would, I would maybe put Biscuit Hammer above this one, but also definitely, if we're talking top three actions, those are the three. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that about does it for the new anime that we're going to talk about this season. Um... Up next, we're going to talk about some continuing anime and some sequels. We're not going to talk a whole lot about about too many of them, mainly just because a lot of the sequels that are out this uh, season are from shows that we're not really caught up on or watching. Yeah. Um, so we're just going to do a quick run through of the three that we have that one or both of us uh, are watching. Yeah. Um, uh, just in case you are interested, some of the other continuing shows are Tokyo Mew Mew New, which is a remake of Tokyo Mew Mew. Um, if you remember that from childhood, 
is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon or Don Machi is back for a season four classroom of the elite season two, which I actually want to check out. It seems cool. Mm. Summertime rendering is back, but it's dead to me because it's locked in Disney jail. And yeah. I really want to watch it so bad. I do too. Um, and a couple of cuckoos is, is still going on, which I am surprised by, but, there you go. Yep. Um, but also, I think most notably, and we're not going to get into it because I've only watched a few episodes of the first season, The Devil is a Part-Timer got a season two. That show is like 10 years old. Yeah. And it got a second season. And so. I haven't seen it, but I've heard the second season actually doing pretty good. Yeah. It's I, it's on the top of the charts. But um, what I've seen of the first season, it's a great reverse isekai and people should check it out. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of the shows we are watching, for better or worse, let's kick it off with Rent-A-Girlfriend Season 2, which comes to us Friday on Country Roll from TMS Entertainment, who gave us Dr. Stone, Fruits Basket, Don't Bully Me, Nagatoro, and Yoamushi Petal, which is also getting a new season later this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Rent-A-Girlfriend Season 2. I have only seen the first episode so far. I've watched the... At least three. Um, It's the same thing as season one, which coming back to it now is not a good thing. Okay. Um, You know, the protagonist has not shown any growth since we met him, Mm -hmm. basically. And it's just... So this is another one of those, like, stories where, like, you're kind of always waiting for something to happen... And the author is really good at making you think that it is right around the next chapter. Mm. But it, spoiler alert, it's never going to happen because uh, Chisaru is the author's girlfriend. Yes. And that is canon. That is canon. That's <laughs> yeah, kind of a whole thing on Twitter. It's a whole thing. But uh, truth be told, this isn't going anywhere. It doesn't seem like it's having any good character growth and kind of, you know, actually, if anything, kind of negative character growth in certain ways. Um, people are making decisions that are getting worse for them. And it's just like, there's no reason for it. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm going to continue watching it. Um, but I'm, I wanted something better and improvement. You know, it's kind of the opposite of what was going on with Comey where like, they're just like still firing on all cylinders. This is firing on cylinders that are rusty and falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I will probably also... I, I have deprioritized it, but I am going to finish it just because I wanted to see, you know, where it goes. And we love um, the first season. Yeah. Um, so kind of a bummer. We'll check back in on it. Maybe it gets good later. I don't know. Um, but a, a, a kind of an, a, an entirely different vein from that, we have Overlord Season 4, uh, streaming Tuesdays on Crunchyroll, comes to us from Madhouse, you might have heard of them, uh, they did Death Note, One Punch Man, Hunter Hunter, No Game, No Life, High School of the Dead, Black Lagoon, Helsing Ultimate, Trigun, My Love Story, Hajime no Ippo, Chihaya Furu, Ace of Diamond, and No Guns Life. I haven't heard a single one of those. Yeah, never heard of them. Um, this one, okay, if you're following, if you're watching Overlord, which you absolutely should be, because Overlord is probably one of the top, in the top five, uh, isekais, I would say. Really? Yeah, I Overlord is really good. It. This season of it takes us in an entirely new direction. Um, we have basically the aftermath of Ayn's, um, using his powers to his full degree for the first time in the show. Whoa. And how it affects not only him, but also the world around him. Um, you know, entire nations are aware of him now. He has established his own nation. Um, 
in in the show. So it, it kind of it, it it takes a step back and it, it looks at the show and the world within it from uh, in a more holistic way. So you're looking at it from a from a from a zoomed out kind of view now, um, because you've got forces at work here um, behind the scenes that are basically plotting against him or like trying to figure out ways to deal with the overwhelming power that he has that they are not you know prepared for. Um, I, I love that because that show, I, so I've only watched the first season of it, but that show started out at such a like macro level. Yeah. Um, or micro, micro level. level yeah. yeah. Um, and just the fact that like it's now this kind of like national scale, like that's what I want to see from those yeah, things. That, like that was what made solo leveling so good is he went from the weakest character to what was called a national level hunter. Yeah, and I think that's that's one thing that this show does well, and it's a thing that is is also if done well uh, comes out really good. Like you have things like um, reincarnated as a slime. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a spider. So what? Like you know, shows that do this kind of they when start is that coming. Back? I know, right? They they start at like the microscopic level and they zoom all the way out to like world reaching consequences, and that's what happens in Overlord season four. Um, so I definitely recommend checking it out. Um, if you're not caught up on Overlord, get caught up. You the show me. is really good. I want to watch it now. <laughs> yeah. um, and then to wrap up uh, returning shows, which sadly I have not watched any episodes of because I oh, waited for need, Best Person Cat. You need to watch um, this. But I think I'm going to prioritize this this week because I, I love the show and I'm so excited it's back. Made in Abyss. The Golden City of the Scorching Sun is Wednesdays on High Dive. Amazon doesn't have it anymore, which is really interesting to me because I feel like maybe Amazon is just out of anime. They might be. Um, they You can still get the se- the first season on Amazon Prime, but they did not pick up the season. Um, you know what I noticed today is I was looking at it. Amazon has a deal. You can subscribe to High Dive through Amazon. Yes, it's I the same price, but it links it, Yeah, which might... I'm going to look into it. That might be a good way to be able to offline things, but it doesn't seem as though they have the full catalog. Yeah, no, it doesn't look like it. Um, Probably because Amazon <laughs> doesn't want to carry some of the stuff that they have on that side. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> very true. Um, anyway, uh, it, it is made by Kinema Citrus, who also did uh, Rising of the Shield Hero. Um Made in Abyss is a dark show with cute kids. Um but definite caution, but definitely one of the best shows out there. Yeah, I, and I mean, in in this new season, we're getting a lot more backstory about like what, where, where the 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 big pit comes from, where the abyss comes from, oh. um, and you get some stories about people who explored the abyss before Reg and Rico did. Um, so like, it's a really interesting kind of uh, development for the story because like we've gone beyond the point where they can come back. We're beyond the point where. Things are familiar to them in any way. Um, I will say this. uh, Maybe don't watch episode three while you're eating. um, (laughs) Unless you want to lose your lunch. Uh, It's not as gross as all the reviewers have been saying. Because, like, I've been seeing stories from, like, you know, different news outlets and anime influencers who are like, episode three is the grossest episode in anime ever. Um, You mean people are sensationalizing things on the internet? I know, crazy, right? (laughs) Um, It's pretty pretty gross, but it's not as bad. I would say it's maybe not even as bad as the meat briefcase from the movie. Um, If you've been following the show, you probably have an idea of how it can get sometimes, so it's not too jarring. Just be aware, episode three, it has a a gross-out moment. Um, 
but uh, yeah, the show itself is still good. It's still really interesting. It always finds ways to be uh, to be different and to be interesting no matter what's happening. Um, so I think it's definitely, you know, if you're not watching Made in Abyss, you should be. If you like dark If you have a things, stomach for stuff like that. Yeah. It is arguably one of the best animes out there. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, that wraps up our, our coverage of the continuing and uh, returning anime. We're going to briefly talk about some movies and OVAs that are coming out. Um, We're just going to blast through these. Yeah. Uh, I'm quitting heroing the uh, OVA. The first episode is out now. The next one's out at the end of August. Um, it's really good. I watched the the first one. It's kind of a really good um pressure release from like the the last episode of the show was so emotionally charged and like really heavy and then like you have this new episode that is is much lighter um it, it's kind of uh, it doesn't take place it, it takes place after the main story ends but it's not like you know heavy into the story it's it's a light fun episode um uh, really good really well done check it out um then we have the one piece film red uh coming out on august 6th yep um it's supposed to be a really big one yeah it's supposed yeah. to be one of the biggest ones they've done so far so keep an eye out for that one piece fans um next up we have Eurocamp the movie which is out now in japan and did pretty well yeah it's what done it pretty well we're I'm really excited for it no news yet on a new uh on a on a north america release we'll keep you posted once we find out um but uh yeah nothing so far yeah uh sword art online progressive shurzo of the deep knight uh comes out september 10th yep more this sword is, art. Yep, this is basically the 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 for those of you who don't remember the retelling of the sword art um, uh, story from a different perspective. This is the second part of it. I believe there is one more part coming out. Uh, they have planned. Next up, we have the Tunnel to Summer: The Exit of Goodbye, uh, coming to us uh, on September 9th. This one was, uh, actually uh, grabbed me from the description, which I'll read to you real quick. Uh, Karu Tono heard a rumor. The laws of space and time mean nothing to the Urashima Tunnel. If you find it, walk through and you'll find your heart's desire on the other side in exchange for years of your own life. One night, Kaoru just so happens to find himself standing in front of a tunnel that looks suspiciously like the one the rumor describes. He finds himself thinking of Karen, the sister that he lost in an accident five years ago. To Kaoru's surprise, he's been followed by the new transfer student Anzu Hanaki, who promises to help him experiment with the mysterious tunnel. But what does she want from Kaoru in exchange? And what will he have left to give after the tunnel's done with him? Um, sounds dope. Yeah, it sounds really interesting. It reminds me a little bit of like Other Side Picnic in a lot of ways. Um, so I'm excited to check this one out uh, when it comes out, hopefully in the U.S. at some point. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Dr. Stone Ryo Usui. Yeah. <laughs> Close. Um, it's out now on Crunchyroll. Best Boy Justin, you've watched this. Yeah, I have. I watched it. It's really good. It kind of, for those of you, you know, a little bit of spoilers for the end of the most recent Dr. Stone series, uh, Stone Wars. Um, but it, it, it kind of ties together where we ended at Stone Wars with, you know, the kind of all of the people united who mm. had been taking place in it. And it bridges the gap between that and the Age of Exploration arc, which I'm which so we know excited is coming for. Out. Basically, it's it's kind of the story of them finding a like finding a sea captain and building a boat and like all the steps they need to take in order to like make the voyage happen. Uh, I've seen the character who's the captain, and mm. he looks like a Doctor Stone. Captain. Yeah, for sure. Like, <laughs> if if you asked me to draw one like out of my imagination, it would probably be this guy. Yeah, uh, the story is really interesting. Um, I, I I find it funny that it, at one point in the show, the thing that they invent is capitalism. 
Oh, um, no. Oh, oh, no. no. <laughs> Mistakes were made. <laughs> you can make religion out of this. Wait, no, don't. Um, yeah, so uh, it's an hour long. Definitely worth checking out, um, especially if you're if you're just super excited for Age of Exploration. You can't wait. Um, check this one out. And the last one we have is Tonikawa Over the Moon for You, uh, Seifuku, which uh, is coming out uh, sometime in August. I don't have a date yet. Um, it's basically, it's an episode, uh, it, it, it adapts a chapter of the manga where um, Tsukasa wears a uh, sailor uniform. Um, for oh reasons. My. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's a, an, an exciting little fun um, little episode that we're going to get. And then I think apparently the uh, the new season will be coming out in 2023, oh, I believe. Oh, yay. Um, so, that's yeah. That's good news. That's uh, that's it for OVAs. Um, you know, not a whole lot going on on that front. Um, you know, uh, you got any, any, any final notes there, Best Boy Dan? No, I mean, this has, I think, been a pretty light season, but there's a couple of gems out there to uh, pick up. Um, Not a lot in the the name of, like, big name shows. Like, you don't have any, like, Comeys or, like, you know. next season. Next season, we've got Chainsaw Man. We've got, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. My Hero. Yeah. Um, Next season's going to be the big name season. Yeah, this Um, this one has been for sleeper shows, and I think, you know, there are a lot of sleeper hits here. Yeah, I I think that this is a a great season to catch up on things you've been missing out on. On. Uh, here's a question for you, best boy Justin, to yes. sign off with. If you had to give someone a show from last season that they might have missed out on, if they none of this seemed good, what should they watch? Oh, from last season? What even came out last season? That was like 300 um, years ago. World Domination. Um, what else? Uh, I'm just thinking about all the shows that I haven't watched. Um, Kong Ming. Uh... I'm quitting heroing. Um, I think if I had to pick one thing, uh, I'm just looking at what can Oh, Aharon San. That would be it. Aharon San? Yeah, absolutely. You should watch Aharon San. It's okay. so funny. Yeah. Um, it's probably one of the funniest shows that came out last semester, uh, last semester, last season. <laughs> um, also, if I were to give two, I would say the other one should be um, The Executioner Her Way of Life. There you go. Now, Best Buds, you have a whole smorgasbord of things to watch. Absolutely. Uh, So let us know what are you watching, what did you watch, what did we miss? Did we miss your favorite show that came out this season that we just never heard about somehow? Um, (laughs) Tokyo Mew Mew. Yeah, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at bestboys underscore pod, or send us an email at thebestboyspod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And with that being said, uh, that wraps it up for our summer 2022 What to Watch Guide. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.